Something New is supported by listeners like you. Visit joelbnew.com and help this podcast continue to grow, thrive, and be a part of the creative conversation. Hello, dear listeners. Welcome to Season 5, Episode 10 of Something New, a musical theater podcast. I'm your host, Joel B. New. How's everybody been? Um, Happy Pride. Happy belated Pride. I'm recording this monologue actually on Pride here in New York. I'm sitting in the office uh, drinking some coffee with some cinnamon creamer. Um, I'm told it is natural. It is a natural creamer. Um, I, I don't know if that's a thing, but I just wanted to share this experience with you. I'll be heading out soon to join in some prideful festivities, and and I hope that you did as well, and that you are recovering nicely. Let's see, before we get to my episode today with Nadia Quinn, who's awesome, so much fun, uh, I want to do a couple of shout-outs here. First of all, as you know, if you watch me, follow me on social media, I've been trying to do this Q&A contest where you guys post and pose questions to me about the podcast, about my creative process, about my guests, whatever you want, and then your name was uh, thrown into a hat to win your very own Something New podcast mug. Uh, The deadline for entering questions has uh, come and gone. Thank you so much to all of you who took the time to ask those questions, and I am compiling them as we speak. I can't wait to share those questions and share my answers with you here on the podcast in the very near future, and I'll be announcing the winner of the podcast mug shortly thereafter. My new friend, Amy Ostriker, is making her Feinstein's 54 Below debut later this month. I'm actually going to have her here on the podcast later this season as well. Her one-woman show is called Gutless and Grateful, and it's happening again at Feinstein's 54 Below on Friday, June 30th at 9.30pm. Tickets start at $25. According to 54below.com, which is where you can buy your tickets, by the way, uh, her show shares the powerful message that it's possible to overcome physical and mental health obstacles through interwoven song and dialogue in a primal piece of live storytelling. I saw this show at the Metropolitan Room earlier this year. Her story really is incredibly compelling, and the way that she used her art to persevere is very inspiring. I'm very happy to have met her, and I'm looking forward to having her on my show. Speaking of plugging and promoting, the podcast tables have turned, y'all, and if you are listening to this on Monday, June 26th, that means you still have time to get tickets to Mikey Pod Live. That's right. Uh, hosted and curated by Brooklyn-based composer and performer and my friend, Michael Heron, Mikey Pod Live is the second annual live episode of the long-running Mikey Pod podcast. Uh, for nearly 12 years, Mikey Pod has been bringing you the best in indie me- media and culture. And now, just for Queerly, which I've learned is a festival, uh, quote, seen through lavender-colored glasses, unquote, bringing together a ridiculously diverse collection of queer musicians and performers, including Anna Kate Band, My Demon Sister, and yes, me. The show is tonight, Monday, June 26th at 7.30 at the Crane Theater. There's a ticket link in the show notes and on joelbenew.com. 
Tickets are just $20 at the door or online. Michael will be interviewing me, and I'll be performing a 20-ish minute set of my songs, all by myself, at the keyboard, and yes, I am bringing the ukulele. You are welcome. So please come to the Queerly Festival, Mikey Pod Live, tonight, 7.30, Crane Theater, joelbunu.com for tickets. A thank you. All right, I think that about does it. I'm going to get us over to my episode with Nadia Quinn. Guys, this was so much fun. On the day of recording, we actually ended up running over time in our room at Ripley Greer, where we were recording. And because we are professionals and considerate people, we graciously exited the room. Uh, But the interview wasn't done. And at Nadia's behest, we sat down right then and there on a bench in the hallways of Ripley Greer Studios. And we finished the interview. At the midpoint of the episode that you're about to hear, we're in the hallway. And let me just say, hijinks and hilarity ensued. At least that's how it felt at the time. I hope the hijinks and hilarity translate and that you enjoy and feel free to laugh along with us. Followed by a brand new song that I've written for Nadia. It's a little more serious than I am accustomed to bringing to something new. But I really appreciate your willingness to listen to my new work as it's being born. Whether it's a comedy song, whether it's a ballad, whether it's something in between. So thank you for being a part of my creative process. Without further ado, here is episode 510 with Nadia Quinn. It's so nice to meet you. It's so nice to meet you, too, after all the emails. Right? So many emails. Yes, just uh, several emails. A slew. Mm-hmm. Yes. What is it, like a, a murder of crows and a... A slew of emails. A slew of emails. Yeah. That has to be something. A family of emails. I like it. I like it. So I heard about you through our mutual friend, Michael Casera. Yes. How do you guys know each other? Gosh, I don't even know how we met. Uh... <laughs> Just years ago, I think through the world of auditioning, I probably auditioned for him for something when I first moved here. I have no idea. I wonder what he would say. He probably remembers. Oh, I think actually through Kate Kerrigan and Brian Laudermilk. Oh. I sang in several of their concerts. They're, they did a little New York City tour, and I think I met him then. He yeah. produced it or cast it or who knows. I've known him a long time. <laughs> hey, Michael. What's up? What's up? He's totally listening to I assume he listens right to all yes. of these. Yeah, yes. he listens to all of them. So when did you move to the city? I moved to New York in 2002, uh, right out of college. Mm -hmm. I am from Wisconsin. I moved a lot growing up, but we landed in Wisconsin and I went to college there. And after school, I was very determined to move to New York. I majored in musical theater. I applied to one college. Um, I had no idea. I was like, I like acting and singing. So I applied and I got accepted into the acting program. And then when I got paired up with my freshman year roommate, it said her major was musical theater. And I was like, what's musical theater? She's like, it's like acting, but you also take um, dance classes and voice lessons. And I was like, cool, I want to do that. So I auditioned for the program a week before school started and switched to the musical theater program. And then, um, yeah, four years of that. And then moved back to Milwaukee to save money to move to New York. And I put on a one-woman show in my high school auditorium a donation-based show to raise money to move to New York City. It was called Broadway Baby. This is amazing. Yes, this is a true story. I still have the flyer. I designed it myself. Um, It was called Broadway Baby, and it was basically a cabaret. It was like uh, songs and monologues, and admission was free, but my dad uh, owned a restaurant 
and catered a reception afterwards. So we had a catered reception after the free one-woman show, and I was accepting donations to support my move to New York City to be on Broadway. And I said, you will not be disappointed. I will not fail at my dreams. I am going to be a Broadway baby. And I hit the road. Wow. For New York City and a U-Haul. Yeah, so just... So that's... you've been, you've been like, a self-producing... Yes. ...machine since... Like your teens. Since I was and a kid, really. I was yeah. thinking back recently. Well, I found my mom made me go through all my crap in the attic. So uh, anyone yes. came home, she had a big plastic bin for each of us. Go through this. And was like, fill this bin. That's all you get to keep. <gasps> Everything else you got, whatever can't fit in this bin has to go. We had like, I had like 11 boxes of things. Yeah. But I found um, an old diary. And in, it, in third grade, I was like seven or eight, I wrote... I'm writing a play right now about a girl who can't read. We're going to perform it at recess. Like, I was like, what? Okay. I guess I wrote a play about a girl who can't read. But I remember always I would read books that I liked and then write chapters of the books or see a show. And I used to write scenes from Who's the Boss and Full House and cast my friends in them at recess. You were Mona. I was Mona, yes. Of course. I don't know why I was so... Is it because you have red hair or... I don't know. I don't know why I didn't want to be Angela or... Judith Light or... Yeah, um, Judith Light or Alyssa or, Milano. Uh, yeah. Whatever her name was on the Sam. show. Sam. I wanted to be Mona. I was like, you, you're Angela. You're Sam. I'll be Mona, guys. <laughs> Just always been playing the old broad since I was six years old. Wow. Um, yeah, so I guess I have always just been making things. To quote your website. Yes. Um, your welcome page <laughs> rattles off all the things that you do. Um, yes. And it's like actor, singer, writer, producer, photographer, maker, doer. Yeah, all that stuff, I guess. All that stuff. So when did, when and how did writing and producing well, come into the Well, you know, I started world? writing funny songs in college with my friends. Yeah? Did you take, Dirty, funny songs. Did you take, like, songwriting lessons? No, I played guitar, and I just would improvise songs when we were at parties hanging out, and everyone said they were catchy and would sing them all the time, and then I moved to New York and um, would sing them with my friends and just kept writing new songs for fun and ended up... At a bar one time in the East Village with an ex-boyfriend, and he was like, hey, these people are going to let us get up and sing some songs. So he sang some of his songs, and I sang some of my songs, and the crowd went wild for my music. He, his went over less well, and they offered me a show. They were like, do you have more music? Do you want to come? Because it was all comedy. I was singing about, like, dicks and butts and vaginas and yeah, yeah. things 22-year-olds write songs about. Mm-hmm. Um Huge hit in the East Village. So that sort of boosted my confidence. Like, oh, I can be performing in front of people. And I was bartending at the time. So then I started asking the bar that I worked at if I could play music in the back on Monday nights. And they gave me a little show. I would buy prizes at the dollar store and sing songs and hand out prizes. And um, then I, I booked a show at the Lori Beachman. I think I just met Kenny Bell. And I said, oh, can I do a show here? And he's like, yeah. So I gathered some people to be in a little band with me. And that's how Summer and Eve started, the comedy band that I ended up performing with for several years on the comedy scene. What about photography? On one of my trips to New York, my senior year of college, I bought a SLR DSLR camera from one of those electronic stores in Times Square. Uh-huh. Got talked Jeez. into it. My friend, my friend, sure, I'll buy a camera. Um, and I just started taking pictures for fun. And then when I moved to New York, I had friends who needed headshots. So I was like, I have a nice camera. Let me try so I took headshots for people, and then people started asking, who took your headshots? Those are good. And so then I was like, can I charge strangers to do this? And I said, maybe I should learn more about my camera. So I sort of taught myself more about the camera and 
started charging strangers and I've been doing it for so long now. Now it's like a pretty thriving business. You know, I think I'm just a very outgoing, chatty person. So I make people, I've been told that I make people feel really comfortable and at ease. And I think that's what makes having your headshots taken so stressful is that you feel uncomfortable. And if the photographer is awkward, then you're both awkward and you're not going to get a picture where you look really relaxed and like you're having fun. And so I take a lot of pictures. I, I overshoot and then edit down and give them the best. But it's because we just sort of hang out and take pictures for an hour. And at the end, they're like, oh, my gosh, I didn't even realize. And I'm like, yeah, I was snapping on the sly, you know. <laughs> so, yeah, I think it's just making people feel comfortable. And apparently I have a good eye. I don't know. I'm really – I'm a hack across the board. I've taught myself all of these things. I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> and I've been very lucky to book a lot. I work a lot um, – in commercials and voiceovers and that those jobs, it's just like crazy. They pay a lot of money for a little amount of work. And so I have scraped by, you know, doing high paying, low time requirement jobs, but I really love doing them too. I love, I love it. I love that I get paid for that. It's so fun. I love doing voiceovers. And it affords you money and more time to do yeah. other things. So, and yes. So I've been writing a musical for five years. My husband and I write songs together. My comedy band, he and I wrote all the music for that. Awesome. And we've, in the similar vein, been writing this musical. So that is something that has been sort of spinning around for five years. And at the same time, I write. Um, I've been working on some TV pilots because that would be really fun. I've written and directed short films and... All that stuff is like you, my you most recent thing. Series. Yeah, web series yeah. through Above Average. That was the comedy band. We did a web series. And I just like to perform and be different people and make art with nice groups of people. I like to collaborate with great people. Like I've had jobs where I've gotten paid a lot of money and all the people are shitty to be around. Am I allowed to swear on this? This is yeah, the internet, I mean, right? Okay. And that isn't fun even though you're making money. And I've done things where I've paid. Like I produced a short film and paid to do it. But those four days were the most rewarding and fun, you know, and then we ended yeah. up having success at festivals and do it. So it ends up, I don't know, it's hard to say. And most recently I'm making these little couch songs on my couch. My friends come over and we sing cover songs on my couch and make a video. I, love it. I don't know. I mean, that's not making money, but someday I guess it could. YouTube makes money. I think money. it's all along. It, it, it's, yeah, it's, it's, all, it's all feeding into. It's all on the same path. And money isn't real. I don't know if you know this. Money isn't real? Yeah. Like, how do you mean? Like, it's an idea that we all subscribe to. And we're like, sure, this fancy paper means something, and I'm going to give it to you. And you're going to give me fake money in my bank account, computer numbers. Like, it's not a tangible thing. We, If you worry about it, it feels very real and worrisome. But I've sort of uh, never worried about it. And when I don't worry about it, That's when it comes. it's always fine. Yeah, I've always been taken care of. I always, a job will come, you know, because this artist's life is so unpredictable. You don't know. Mm-hmm. Out of nowhere. And I think um, now's, the, now's where I've turned this interview to giving advice. Listen Do to it. all of you listening. No, I just, I really think that the biggest thing I've learned and the thing that has sustained me the most in this life is a mix between pursuing everything that brings me joy, every artistic thing that brings me joy between, you know, I I worked at UCB for a long time. I had shows running there and did a lot of comedy and improv and that was so fun. And then I was like, oh, I really miss singing. So then, you know, I write music or sing at home and writing, if you want to be on TV, write yourself a TV show. What are you doing? Like, who do you want to be? Who do you think you should be? 
write that down. That's what everyone else is doing. Mm-hmm. Nobody knows what they're doing. We're all just people here trying to like get from birth to death pleasantly, right? Isn't yeah. that like ultimately the goal? <laughs> yeah. So I feel like when I have found my most uh, alignment and truth is when I'm just honoring my joy, like the things that bring me the most joy, doing those things fully, trusting my instincts, and just doing as many artistic things as possible because then you have your fingers in a lot of pots. Mm-hmm. And you, like to you keep. never know which one's going to boil over first. Right. And it's not even about it boiling over. Like, right. it will eventually. I yeah. believe. I trust. I'm still Same. going. Yeah. Same. We're all like... I've been here since 2004. Yeah. It's... But you, we also have no idea. Like, I bet if 2004 you met you now, you'd be like, oh my God, you're the biggest rock star you're ever. You're so cool. You've done everything we've ever dreamed of. 2017, Joel. <laughs> And same, Nadia, like childhood me, I used to write letters to producers of the shows I watched when I was a kid, Full House in particular. I wrote several letters to Jeff, Jeff Franklin. Franklin. Yes, Jeff Franklin, the producer of Full House, obviously. Yes, yes. I wrote a song about the letters I wrote to him, even as an adult. Oh my God, that's amazing. But I wrote letters and I was like, I'd really like to be on your show. I uh, have been in one stage production. I played a flower and a townsperson, but I am a big sister and I'm exactly DJ's age. And I have s- several ideas of how I could be integrated into the show. One, I'm an orphan. I run into Joey at the Smash Club. He's talking about hockey. My dad used to play hockey. He brings me home. The Tanners adopt me. Option two, I'm DJ's sitting next to DJ at school, and I cheat off her paper, and she notices that I'm not wearing clean clothes. And she's like, why are your clothes dirty, little girl? And I'm like, I'm homeless. My parents died. Brings me home. Danny gives me a bath. They adopt me. <laughs> it's just like... A lot of suggestions, but he never wrote back. <laughs> but in the letter, I would write things like, you can call Collect if you want, but not after 9 p.m. because that's my bedtime. Like, then Jeff Franklin, I tweeted the song at him because we made a little, like, Summer and Eve made a little video of us singing it. Uh-huh. And he wrote, oh my gosh, that's so cool. I should have put you on the show. And this was before Fuller House came out. So I was like, Jeff Franklin, you have not missed your chance to put me on the show. It's true. But he just sort of ghosted on me. So, Yeah. I don't think it's going to happen. But also, it's not my dream anymore. No. Fuller House. No. If I could go no. back in time and 10-year-old me could be on Full House, I think I would have really killed it. I think you would have, too. God. Yeah. Man. I think I could have. Let's just think about that for a moment. Yeah. Let's just hold on that. <laughs> on JoelBNew.com, you can access the Something New archive by clicking on the podcast tab. There, you'll find all 90-plus episodes featuring conversations and performances with friends and colleagues in the theater industry, including a few more photographers, like Michael Kushner. I didn't come to New York to snooze. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, that's it, that's the truth. I'm not going to sit on my ass and just, like, wait for someone to tell me a project. No one's going to tell me what to do, and I might as well send an email and see what can come out of it. And all of a sudden, I'm backstage photographing Todd Hall, Ramin. It's very bizarre and exciting. Hello, we're now in the hallway. We're in the there hallway is some thumping jams going on in the room next to us. This is a this is a something new first. This is gorilla podcasting right now. This is real. We're gonna interview anyone who comes by. Anyone who comes by, you're in the podcast. This is real. This is podcast nouveau. There's some dancers in there just like grinding to those sweet beats. <laughs> They're sweating. Yeah, They're sweating so- to the oldies. The, yeah, it doesn't sound. I was gonna say oldies, <laughs> but it sounds like club jams. You guys yeah. can hear it. What do you think? 
Phone in. This is a lie, right? No, never mind. You can't phone in. You can't phone in. Never phone it in. Never phone it in. Good one, Joel. Good catch. So sorry I suggested that to all of you listeners. So where were we? Where Um, were we? So now that you are this multifaceted entrepreneur artist thing. Yes, I'm a What's it like when you join a project where you're quote unquote just wearing one hat? Can you do it? it. You you like it? it? Mm Mm-hmm. Why? I love getting hired to do something and not have, because I like both. I really love being in charge and making my own projects. See, there's a voice lesson going on over here on the right. Yes. And there's club dancing going on on the left. So that's what you're hearing. And an interview sure everybody in knows. the middle. An interview right in the middle. Scales on the right, club jams on the left, interview right here. Um, no, I really like being in charge sometimes, but I really love not being in charge too. I love taking direction. I love following someone else's vision because I, you know, I love acting. I love performing so much. So that it's always so joyful to do that. But at the same time, do you ever like when you're in those situations? Oh yeah. Itching the whole time. Oh no, no, no. I don't care what, I'm not trying to interfere with their vision, but I'm always like, okay, I need to make something of my own. So it usually gives me new ideas. And then in my free time, I start making my own stuff. Very nice. No, I think I'm very um, malleable. I'm, I can I'm see that. easygoing with other people's stuff. I'm never, yeah. I don't ever feel like controlly about it. No, you were a delight to work with today. Unless it's terrible. Um, you know? Yeah. But then I usually quit. <laughs> usually make an excuse and peace out. Yeah. You're, you're good at, how good are you at saying no, to be honest? Oh, I'm great at saying no. Yeah? Yeah. Teach me. I'm very direct. Like, you're just okay, like, give no. me an example. When does someone ask you to do something and you're, um, okay, so now we have some new friends. They're just right. speaking to each other. They're hugging. They're kissing. They're speaking Spanish. Just giving you the play-by-play. Yep. Yep. It's happening. Okay. I think I think we'll be okay. You think? These are. They're mon- gonna sound cancel out all that. Shit. <laughs> These are. Bleep that. Bleep that, Joel. I, I will bleep it. All right. I will bleep it. Okay. So what were you? Yeah. <laughs> What were you saying? Oh, so these are mono mics. Like, they're not, like, oh. they're not stereo. They're not getting all that. I'm going to block it off. I'm blocking it. Thank you. Blocking that high tech. out of there. This is high this tech. Is, you I'm having, see what I'm having a great time. This is the most fun I've ever had recording a podcast. <laughs> Never before. These people have no idea we are recording a podcast. They are just talking full voice in Spanish full across voice. the hallway. We're actually talking softer. I know we are. We're being so respectful. <laughs> Of this public space. Of this public space. We're being super respectful in this public hallway. <laughs> Recording a podcast. Recording a podcast. This is real life. This is the actor's life. Ripley Greer Studios. Welcome to Broadway. This is Broadway. It's technically eighth, but yeah. we're pretty close. But adjacent. Adjacent. <laughs> Very Broadway, Broadway adjacent. adjacent. <laughs> so you do all these different things. How do they complement each other? And how do they challenge each other? Huh. Well... I think they all complement each other because they're all just like a part of who I am. Mm-hmm. And in the same way, if I do something dramatic, I'm like craving doing a comedy. If I'm singing a lot and writing a lot of comedy music, I'm craving being on camera. Mm. If I'm, you know, performing live, I really want to do yeah. different, you know. So I think it's just like who you, who I am inside needs, I have a hundred people inside me. So I'm trying to fulfill all of these different people's <laughs> dreams. Um, I think that's so why yeah, it's, it's important it's to variety. have 
multi, at least you know have multiple projects, yeah. if not different facets, so that if you're stuck or bored over here, you've got just do something else. Just go over there and do that thing, and and you can't be uh, limited in your view of what you want your career to be if you are trying to pursue life as an artist and make money as an artist. I think the most important thing is like really widening your scope of what that means because mm-hmm. I didn't imagine I thought I mean when I was a kid I was like I'm gonna get on a sitcom like Full House and then I'm gonna be making $50,000 a week and that's gonna happen when I'm 22 yeah. for sure and it just doesn't work that way or Broadway I'm gonna immediately get on a, in a Broadway show or it just it takes so much time you can have and do everything you want I've been on TV shows I've been on Broadway I've done movies yeah. done so many things I dreamed I would do but it never feels like what I thought it would feel like I know it's hilarious, hilarious. girls on the bench so funny they're just oh not God. even watching their volume at all. They have no respect for this hallway podcast. We're sitting here with microphones. We obviously have microphones. We're recording. We're obviously recording. We're professionals. We're recording in the hallway. Up a storm in the corner. I'm staring directly at them. <laughs> she <with is>. Dagger <laughs> eyes. They don't care. I'm too scared. I'm not going to look over. English. Everyone's yeah. nervous. I'm nervous. They're so cute. Though. They're What's wearing dance happen? clothes. Yeah. They're ready for the next class. Yeah. No, I understood that part. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Well. Nunca means never. That's true. Got that. What was I... What did they laugh at? <laughs> what did I say that, that wasn't funny that they laughed at? Um, um, I know. It never you, feels like what you think it will feel like to accomplish the thing you think will bring you fulfillment. So mm-hmm. as early as you can let that go and realize this is just a long journey. It is not linear. Yep. There's no... Like you hit a mark. You can be nominated for a Tony and then not have auditions for three, week, three years. Yeah. You know, like there's no... There's no There's point no that you reason. arrive at where suddenly you're not going to have the feelings of, what am I doing? Am I a fraud? Yeah. Is anyone going to choose me again? So, I thought you said, are you a frog? Am I a frog? <laughs> am I a frog? Ribbit? Am I? No, but you can't um, attach yourself to an idea that something specific will bring you fulfillment because it's never going to ultimately bring you fulfillment. Yeah. There's no place you can arrive at that you'll feel like, now I did it and achieved the dreams. Yeah. It's just always evolving. Always moving. It's like we said, 10-year-old us would be so impressed. We think we're we pretty now. darn cool right now. All right, they're on their phones now. They've stopped talking. All right, probably but this guy's singing Scales Up a Storm. Though. This is the most whoa, interesting whoa, whoa, whoa. podcast Joel has ever done. This is wild. This is, this this is, is on us the in the wheel. This is in the wild. In the wild. I'm this under is, a ficus right now. What it's is true. this? A figgy fern? Was that a monkey that ran by? Oh, I got him talking oh again. There's One of them people. said something funny. Not enough text messages to distract them. We are recording a <laughs> podcast here, for Christ's sake. Damn it. What was I going to say to you? What were we talking about? Um, oh, I was going to give, I was actually going to quote Susan Sarandon. As love you do. her. Me too. Dream is for her to play my mom and in anything. She should play your mom. I, How is she not have played told your mom now? That I look like Susan Sarandon. And you wait, can I like tell you? Yeah. I met Allison Janney last week. <gasps> After Six Degrees, I went with my friend. You guys, I need to say the story out loud so everyone can hear it. Forever. Tell the story. You can hear my Allison Janney story. It's about hundreds to of people listen to this hundreds podcast. Of people hundreds of people listen to this podcast. Hundreds. I met Allison Janney. My friend and I, my friend did a movie with her, so we went to say hi. We go back in her dressing room. And she says, This is my friend Nadia. And she reaches out to shake my hand and she looks at my face and goes, Oh, your face. You should play my daughter. You, just something about your eyes. Uh, shouldn't she play my daughter? And I was like, yes, I should, yes. Allison Janney. I definitely want to play your daughter. Can I play your daughter? Like, what do we, how do we do this? Like, and then I just sat in the corner alone and cried. 
tears of joy. <laughs> I could be your daughter. Like, yeah, so if anyone out there, perfect. she was like, I don't know, something about your face. Doesn't she look like my daughter? She should play my daughter. So if anyone's casting Alice and Janney's daughter, I couldn't be more available. Doesn't she have a, this, she has a sitcom called Mom or Moms yes. or something? Couldn't oh. you like be like the Couldn't second I play daughter? the other daughter? You know? Anna Ferris, another an, hilarious know, lady? You know, just... You know, think of a scenario like you did on Full House of yes. how you would become their adopted daughter. I gotta write some letters to the producer of Mom. Yes, you do. I gotta get on that CBS show. Damn Allison, it. the chance for me to play Al- your long lost daughter <laughs> is finally come true. It's right in your face. Mom, You're is right that still on TV? I don't know. I will write that producer a letter. You should. I will. I wrote Woody Allen a letter because <laughs> I wanna be in one of his movies just recently. My sister met Diane Keaton this week. I love her. She started a wine company. God, she's just so great. So my Susan Sarandon quote, um, she said, like, the, the worst thing that can happen to an artist is when they stop being hungry. Yeah. And so I think about that. And, like, your, your journey and, what, and like, the message that you're spreading uh, definitely made me think of that. Do you think you can control your hunger? Because I can't imagine that I could ever stop being hungry. I'm like, that would be hilarious. If that could happen, <laughs> thank God. I could go move to an island and not do this. I don't know. I guess, you know, maybe if if you're not hungry anymore, maybe that means that you don't want to do it anymore. Yeah, I think that's true. I think yeah. you should gauge your hunger and act accordingly. Yeah. Because this business is not for the faint of heart. No, it is not. It's for the strong of heart. Damn it. The loud of heart. Fierce. The fierce, the fierce of heart. of heart. Yeah, faint and fierce. I like it. Yeah. Are you I think we should Mom? the song. <laughs> Allison? Am I a frog? Susan? Am I a frog? Um, okay, great. Is there anything else I should say to you guys, to the strangers, to any, all of you listening? Any advice for people out there who are, okay. you know, in Wisconsin? These are my pearls of advice. Do it. Who are your main listeners? Um, musical theater actors in training. Dreamers? Yeah. Dreamer, lovers, dreamers. I all mean. right. Musical theater dreamers. Listen up. You can do anything you want to do. You can and will. You have to work hard. You have to focus on it and take a step toward it every day. You just have to. There's no excuse. Life, you get this life to fill with joy. Find the thing that is most joyful for you. Do it unapologetically and fiercely and aggressively until you have it. You will. But don't like be crazy or annoying. Be cool. Yes. Do that, but be, be cool. cool. Just be cool. Nobody wants to be around someone who's like, ah, I'll do anything. Yeah, and I was probably that way when I first moved here, but I've learned to be cool yes. since. So I will tell you, learn from my mistakes of don't sign up for the EPA that it's like black women only if you are a white person. So you're going to go there and they're going to be like, who is this girl? Get this freak out of here. Oh my God. I think in the long run, though, it was good for me. Maybe I did make some lasting impressions. It, it taught you. It taught you things. And what else would I say? Just, I know everyone says be yourself and don't try to be everyone else, but I'm still learning that lesson, even though people have been saying that to me my whole life. So if you can hear it any differently now, the things about you that are weird and you think are crazy and you need to uh, hide them are the things that you should be leading with. And um, it's not a race. Don't compare yourself to other people because nobody's journey is your journey. I know that sounds feeble and it's hard when it feels like all your classmates or your friends are finding success and you are not. But there was a cartoon I saw once. This has stuck with me so much. And it said success and it showed the ground and two carrots growing underground. And there was, um, one bunny really puffed up standing next to his carrot. It had a giant stalk above the ground, but underground was this teeny little carrot. 
And the other bunny has this teeny feeble little stalk on the top, but this giant carrot under the soil. And so it's easy to look at someone from the outside and think like, oh, that person, they're having all the success and their life is great, but you don't know what their future will bring. You don't know what size carrot they've got underground. It could be a tiny little shitty carrot. And it's not about comparing people or anyone's carrot being shitty, but just be patient because if you want it, you will have it. And maybe you've got a big carrot under there ready to be... This is turning Yank sexual somehow, it, it and I is, don't and want it to. I'm trying to be motivational. It's making me feel real And good. money isn't real. Money isn't Money real. isn't real. And it, fear is so boring. So, like, don't live in a place of fear. Ooh, fear is boring. So boring. I like that. You know who's afraid of stuff? Cells, plants, everything, nature. It's our most innate thing inside of our bodies, and we, don't, we can ignore it. We've evolved past the point of needing to honor every fearful if it scares you, dive in there, boo. That's right. I was nervous about this podcast, about singing a song. You? Yeah, I was nervous. Oh my God, you're I was amazing. like, I'm going to have to sing a song, and I don't sing other people's songs with sheet music standing alone. I'm oh. singing groups, and it's going to be terrible. But It was not terrible. It was fine. It was the opposite of terrible. Thanks, Joel. It was so much fun to play with you. And so fun. Yeah. Uh, the chatty hallway's up again. We should wrap this up. We should up. wrap this up. Um, so I wrote Nadia a song um, called... Beautiful song. Thank you called um i play with words not guns and it's autobiographical just... yeah you do play with words not guns <laughs> I the do title play with at words. least the title it's true yeah uh, but i just felt you know there's just so much crap going on right now yeah. and i just i needed to respond to it in the way that i know how which is in song and with wordplay and you know kind of feed you your vegetables hidden with Laced with candy kind of a thing. That's, yeah. That's cheese Whiz. I, thank you. Candy and vegetables. Not a great combo. Yeah, not good. You'll cheese Whiz and cheese veggies. Whiz. A plus. There you go. A plus there combo. Midwest approved. <laughs> yeah. I'm also from the Midwest. Where? Uh, Nebraska. Wisco. You guys need to really keep it down. We are recording an important podcast here. This is everyone's listening. This is everyone's favorite Except podcast. Except it's for those It's a really people. good podcast. I'm into it. Something new. Something new. We've never It'll done it new. like this before. Um, can I say to everyone that I have websites? Yeah. Go to my websites. NadiaQuinn.com. NadiaQuinnPhotography.com. Yep. Those are the two sites. I knew that. I did that research. And SummerandEve.com. Although that one hasn't been updated for a while, but it's all my comedy music. If you want a little awesome. trip down Comedy Road, SummerandEve.com. Com. Do you have any albums on iTunes or anything? I do, yeah. Like one album, Summer and Eve, self-titled. Love it. But the band, Eponymous. the band has all, it's broken up now. People moved away and just oh. collaborations run their course. But Were you Summer or Eve? What were you? Neither. No. It, the band was just called Summer and Eve. It contained four members. Five at one time, then four. Then one moved away and I, just it, adults, it's hard to keep working yeah. together. So uh, my husband and I, who are the other two members, recently decided we're going to hit the comedy scene again as Summer and Steve, new band. That's awesome. So keep your eyes peeled. Coming in 2017, Summer and Steve. I can't wait. All the same hits of Summer and Eve. New band. I love it. New band name, and now it's a duo. I love it. And neither one of us are Summer or Steve. So just want to keep everyone as confused as possible. That's great. The best art is very confusing. Very confusing. Agreed. You've been to the Met? There's like garbage taped to mannequins one time. No, MoMA. I'm sorry. Not the Met. Yeah. MoMA. Don't, don't poop on the mat. Don't poop on the mat. Get out of here, Nadia. <laughs> Podcast is over. Thank you for coming. You. How do we wrap this up? Like <laughs> We are. Um, from Ripley Groove Studios, the hallways of Ripley Groove Studios, this is Joel B. New. This is Nadia Quinn. Saying thank you for dropping by. Thank you so for much. For something new. Thank you so much. Bye.
Shoot the stars Shoot the things we love They were never really ours Burst the bubble And pop the balloon What are you waiting for? Shoot the moon Kill the lights Come unglued Kill the things we fear Until at last we've killed the mood Feels romantic To sing the same tune What are you waiting for? Shoot the moon We were over the moon We'll explain unrehearsed And everyone knows Stars are always shooting first It may take some time for the world to come around But one day we'll be heroes for standing our ground Right? Take a stand Make a mark Why not take a shot in the safety of the dark? Yeah.